Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. I tried eating the test they gave me to become a lawyer. I threw up. So I guess this isn't my first time spitting bars. As I sit in the office where I author the law, I take a look at the nation, and I say there's nothing wrong, cause I've been blundering and gapping so long, even my son Hunter thinks my mind is gone, but I never sniffed a child who didn't deserve it. You be passing up these sense, that's what's really perverted. If you ever cross my path, you ain't got a prayer. Cause me and my homies gonna be smelling your hair. Printing lots of money, killing pipeline. Making sure the nation's locked out till the end of time. Gonna give the country over to Xi Jinping. I guess that's what I meant when I said no malarkey. Spend too much of our lives living in violence. Check out the situation, hyperinflation, print another couple trillion and destroy the whole nation. And I'm not going down to the border, fool, unless those migrant kids are using their shampoo. I'm a career politician with a senile mind I can't finish this sentence, I've got blood in my eye But damn, I'm important I made a fortune selling you out to China Yeah, your job's been exported, fool Death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away And Kamala Harris is counting down the days To 2023 or 24 Will I make it that long? I don't know Tell me why are they so blind to see that, uh, you know, you know the thing. Spend too much of our lives living in violence paradise. Everything's twice the price living in violence paradise. Till 2025, we're all stuck in violence paradise. Spend too much of our lives living in violence All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Wherever you are in the world, my name is Josh. That's Vince Tagliavia and Dr. Mark Shortwood joining us tonight on the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We are live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays and Thursdays, 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy, showing you the narrative that is being portrayed to usher in the takeover of the United States of America, the infiltration of our social, our cultural, our political, our economic, our academic uh, systems, as well as our supply chain destruction, the infrastructure destruction, and the leading up to global economic collapse in World War III. And today, I mean, you know, we, we look at the border, we look at all these, they call migrants, we look at all these illegal aliens heading up to the border. Biden just gave amnesty to over 3 million Venezuelans coming in. The Governor Hochul from New York comes out and says, please come to our state. We want the government subsidies and funding. 
Mark, this is atrocious. Welcome back, by the way, to the Daily Dose. Haven't had you on for a while. I appreciate you. I know you've been incredibly busy. How you been, my man? Man, doing well, and I uh, always look forward to, to coming on with you guys. I mean, it's always a blast, and um, I was thrilled when you reached out. It was really cool, so glad to be here. And you're right. What an atrocious situation we have going on in our country. Great intro, great descriptor. It saddens me to say that, but that's true. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, things are just getting progressively worse, and the the shill is being shown more and more as time goes by. And not only just from the Democrats, yeah. but also from the Republicans. I mean, we've had this Republican Congress since January, and what progress have we made? It's taken them nine months to just begin impeachment proceedings on Joe Biden. We haven't had one good piece of legislation come out of Congress. They've undone nothing that Joe Biden has actually done, whether not even limited his spending. They've done nothing on immigration. What are your thoughts, Mark? Well, obviously, I, I think I'll begin my answer with stating the obvious. We're talking about a uniparty situation where they're, they're not really Republicans or Democrats. They're sort of these autocrats that are all about power, money, fame, and influence, and they don't want to give it back to the people. Um, but with the border crisis, and you know where I live, it's one state north of the Texas border, as I call it, and uh, it, it's profoundly impacting a, a lot of people's lives. Um, I, I think that from, from one respect, I, I don't want to not mention the people that came to this country legally. I think they're being ultimately incredibly disrespected right now. The ones that I personally talk to, they feel incredibly hurt by that. They feel, as I stated the word disrespected, they feel cheated. I had to go through the process, but they didn't have to. I had to go through all these hoops, but they didn't have to. I had to work for my money and they don't have to. So there's really a lot of animosity there and you can't blame them for that. Uh, with that said, I mean, I think the uh, another thing that I'll bring out is is there are some good people still trying to, to migrate to this country because we still have the greatest country on planet Earth. They still see the opportunity right here. And I think that that for our listeners tonight would really be something to sort of hang your hat of hope on, because no matter what, yes, we're in trouble. Yes, we're on the brink. Yes, we're at that Red Sea moment. But. As it stands right now, we still have that thing called a hope, and, and that that is something we've got to hang on to. And that's why people still, you know, they still want to come here because we are the last great bastion of hope for the entire planet right now. And the third part, my last part of the answer is this, is, is you mentioned it correctly. When the floodgates open like that, and I use the body analogy like this, when you allow into the human body things that uh, don't need to be there, and they don't need to be there in that mass. They don't need to be in that volume. Over the course of time, it creates bodily dysfunction. Over the course of time, this will create country dysfunction. It already is. Uh, you guys know that life is about boundaries. You know, whether it be family, children, uh, you know, county, city, states, and countries. When boundaries collapse, what do we have left? We have apocalypse. We have chaos. We have trauma and drama and that's exactly what's happening right now in our country. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, now, the illegal immigration that's actually flowing into our country, we've been, we've been covering this for, for years, and I know you as well. Uh, we have militants being trained in Chinese terrorist camps in northern Africa. They're coming down. They're going to Venezuela. We have armaments from Ukraine being shipped out to northern Africa in that area. Um, we have... 
um, cartel members who are running the human trafficking and drug trade that are controlling all the migrant flows. We have the United Nations down there giving them bed and breakfast and places to stay and, uh, you know, giving them transportation. You know, obviously this is a collaborative effort, but you mentioned that when this hits home, when the body is full of toxicity, when this country becomes so full of toxicity, um, a a cancer begins to arise. And what do you foresee in this cancer? I mean, is this one of the reasons why they're sending them to the sanctuary cities, these liberal Democrat cities and reducing all the laws, uh, the governors reducing the the sentencing for violent crimes, releasing criminals into the street? Uh, how is this going to take? Well, I think eventually you're going to see the uh, the big cities, the metro areas. They're all going to go that direction. That's the uh, the Democratic attack plan. They want to control the the metro areas, so they control the, the voting block. In other words, if there's three big cities in the state, the metro areas are going to control the uh, amount of votes for that, and it's going to sort of dismiss the rural Americans. Now, mm-hmm. having said that, knowing that's their strategy, and that's what you're seeing, even in Texas, I know Texas is said to be a red state, so is Oklahoma, but come on. The big cities in those states are absolutely blue. They really are, and, and certainly at best they're purple. Now, with that said, what I believe is going to happen, and, you know, don't hold me to this, but this is what I feel in my heart is going to happen. I think there's tens of millions of Americans out here who absolutely will not budge. They won't back down. They won't stand back. They'll step up. And I think eventually you're going to have two segments of society. And I think this country is going to be completely divided. I think you're going to have one side that's going to be completely, utterly uh, liberal. And if you want to go there and live that way, you can. And I think there's going to be a good portion of the country that's going to be absolutely uh, conservative to the core, God-fearing, Bible-thumping, gun-carrying people, and they're not going to back down. Now, with that said, I think that's the first wave. And after that, I think you're going to see the, the momentum try to increase from these liberal blue cities. And I think that's where China, and I think that's where the infiltration is going to begin to take root. And I think at some point in time, and I hope it's not in my lifetime, and I mean that with all sincerity, I think at some point in time, the people are going to rise up. We may have a rebirth of 1776. Well, I think that it's going to be in my lifetime. I can, I hope that it's in your lifetime because I would love to see you (laughs) within that fight. Um, Do you see the 10th Amendment playing a role in this to where, you know, states like Texas, Oklahoma, um, you know, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri rise up and say, hey, look, federal government, this tyranny that you're doing, we're done with it. Uh, We have Gavin Newsom calling for a constitutional convention that could turn in both different ways. Yep. But what, what are your thoughts on the 10th Amendment? Well, I think the 10th Amendment has to come into play because I think people have forgotten about it. And frankly, these governors... They need to sort of, and I'll use a, a term, they need to sort of grow a pair. And I don't mean that in an inflammatory way, but I mean mm-hmm. that in a sincere way. They need to have some courage to step up because right now they become nothing more than pawns and servants of the federal government instead of the uh, servant representative of the people of those states. You see, you know, you guys know, we've talked about this many times. With the 10th Amendment, the way that's drawn out, the, the purpose behind that is that the states are the parents of the federal government. The federal government is nothing more than a child. And the federal government does the things that the states can't do. That's it. One of those, by the way, is secure the border. 
So I hope that there is one governor out there that will do that. I know, and you know, as running for office, I do have that type of courage and would do that. Now, having said that, that is not something that's going to win an election right now, but it's something that's going to win the, the vote of the heart of the people. And I think that at some point in time, if that happens, I think you'll see a domino effect of a few states that sort of go down this potential secession train and almost form a, a group or a coalition, much like the 13 colonies way back when. I, I see that happening, and I see that's a realistic thing. So back to tagging this with the previous answer, I think that's going to be a split United States of America. It won't be these United States. It will be these groups of states that can't agree anymore. And I, I see it happening like that. Uh, go ahead, Vince. You know, I'm glad we're talking about this because I think this could be one of the most important things in this current political climate and not just politically. I think on the health front, it affects that on the social front and the social destabilization of our communities. The, the political front with the voting, they're trying to get these people to vote. I mean, yeah. what else does this affect? Uh, it even probably leaks into health and all this kind of stuff. You've got drugs, you've got human welfare and human trafficking and all this stuff. I mean, this is probably one of the biggest issues that's going to be affecting the future, which I think is why we see KJP up there ignoring questions from Ducey about this and everything. And nobody, you know, the mainstream's hardly acknowledging it. I think this is probably one of the biggest issues. I know we have the whole health issue. I mean, we could debate what's the biggest issue, but this might be one of them in my head over the, you know, especially now we see this great increase and so it's good to talk about and create some awareness, especially yeah. for people who have the blinders on. Or Yeah, I know. think with, with this whole idea, and, and this is something that the listeners need to be aware of because this is the language they're going to use. They're going to say, well, we need to have compassion on these people. They're going to use that compassion, sympathy, that, um, that goodwill card. Now, I can't go inside of any man or woman's heart, but... The strategy is simply, I believe, going to be this. The more you play that card, people that are not paying attention or not aware and are pretty naive are going to follow that card, too. And they're going to support that without unwittingly knowing that all it is is a play, as you stated, to create more loyal voter blocks to maintain power. And, and the thing is, the people that are actually coming over that are trying to just make a better life, let's say, that we're letting in droves inappropriately, I might add. Those people are being used. They're being used and played to the core, and they mm -hmm. don't know it. And the sad thing about it is when they get over here and create, you know, families and kids, well, that's going to tax the health system. That's going to tax our financial system. That's going to tax the, tax the economic stability, jobs, et cetera. And then you're going to have a generation of people that don't know anything better. All they know is that, Big Daddy up at the White House takes care of me. And so I'm loyal to a fault. Spot on. And, you know, one thing that we saw in the last influx of migrants coming over is we saw diversification of 18 to 45-year-old males, predominantly 18 to 35-year-old males. We saw a lot of Chinese male nationals coming over, as well as a lot of Northern African males nationals. And it, it's interesting because they come over the border and then they get a free ride into the cities to where I was talking about this the other night. We just had uh, a few months ago, the Chinese police station shut down in New York and we know they're operating all throughout the United States. We have a, a 
level four biocontainment lab that was operating in California illegally Mm -hmm. from China, developing COVID um, and other things to put into pregnancy tests and COVID tests. Um, Then we have, we know that the police stations are operating in Canada as well. So basically what we're seeing is we're seeing Chinese military infiltration directly into the United States of America. No wonder why they want this farmland, but then you see these, military Chinese males coming over and they're getting shipped directly into these cities and basically becoming sleeper militaries or armies waiting for the day when America collapses. Well, interesting you say that because I've been on a crusade about this for a long, long time. You know, I know in in my home state of Oklahoma, there's been 330,000 acres at least purchased by people who are associated with if not directly or indirectly, the, the Chinese Communist Party under the guise of really marijuana farming. And really, when you when you buy up the land, you know, man, we actually buy up the ability to produce agriculture. That's another whole angle with this. You control the food supply. But but really what's happening is they're smart. They're playing their cards right. And we're not getting it. We're not getting it at all. And it really disturbs me because ultimately some of these governors think it's cute to go ahead and bust somebody wherever they think that's funny. And, and I, on one hand, I'm thinking, okay, that's really cool. You're going to bust some of these sanctuaries that isn't overwhelm them to try to force them. But I, I don't think that's a good idea. I think the idea is to secure the border period. End of story. And the federal government's not doing it. The federal government doesn't do it. It's up to the States. Life is about borders. So governor Abbott in Texas, you got to secure the border. I don't care if you get help or not. There's some good, hardworking Texans down there that those county uh, sheriffs would deputize. And I guarantee you they can out ammo anybody that's going to come across that border. You've got to secure the border. If you don't do it, our country was never going to be destroyed from the outside in because we have guns. And every enemy of these United States knows that. So the best way to destroy this country is from the inside out. And you mentioned it, Josh, at your outset, you know, economically, agriculturally, um, you know, informationally, in all aspects. And we have that, it, I don't even think the fifth generational warfare, I think it's a, a, a multi-generational warfare that's taking place right now in this country. I, I agree. And, and you know, what's interesting about what you just said there is I guarantee you, if the Southern counties of Texas sheriffs came out and said, hey, we need help. Anybody who wants to volunteer will deputize you. This is what we can offer. That's not much, but this is what we can offer. There's plenty of land down there, 10 acres here, 10 acres there that nobody wants. They could easily offer. I would go down there. I would go down there just as a volunteer. Deputize me, put me on there. I'm weapon called, no problem whatsoever. And I guarantee you they'd have thousands upon thousands of veterans out there. So they would. There's no yep. question. And, you know, they'd have uh, veterans there and they would have farmers there. And they would have just good old fashioned people that love God, love our country there. And it would stop a lot of nonsense. You know, right now, the immigration process I look at is like a big old bully. It's a bully that has no teeth. When you step up against that bully, it will back down. I hear all the time, you know, oh, well, we're sending federal troops down there to assist. What are they assisting with other than carrying water? to the immigrants while they walk over the border, while they're driving the buses over and busting them over. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it defies all logic, as you both know. 
And we're at a place right now where I think uh, this is actually an invasion on America. It is. And these governors need to have the courage to call it for what it is, declare it for what it is, make it a state of emergency, and then do something about it. Now, I know that the, the federal government's going to say, well, if you do that, we're going to take your money away. Good. You keep your money, and then guess what? We'll keep ours. Yep. You yep. see, that's what it's got to boil down to, because whether we like it or not, we think we're dependent upon the federal government, but we shouldn't be because they're not able to, nor were they ever able to protect us, feed us, or clothe us. That's not their job. That's our job. But if we start withholding that money as a state from the federal government, it's going to make them go Berkshire and probably have to go to the restroom because they're not going to know what to do because the states push back. And frankly, the states should have pushed back a long time ago, a la the 10th Amendment. That's it. Seriously. Okay. Agree so, more. Exactly. And the 10th Amendment is the key here. I mean, you have Federalist Paper 46, where James Madison talked about this specifically, that the 10th Amendment, this was the foundation for the 10th Amendment, that you have disquietude from the people. Mm-hmm. You have civil disobedience from the people, which we have yet to really see much of that. But then you have outspoken governors and state legislation that counteracts federal tyranny. Yeah. And this is kind of the stage that we're in right now. Um But in the sense of civil disobedience, disquietude, and then congressional action or state action against the tyranny, um, Governor Grisham in New Mexico came out last week and suspended, basically suspended the Second Amendment. You can't carry open carry or concealed carry a firearm in um, the specific county of of where Albuquerque is. I forget the name of the county. Um, Immediately after she did this, the sheriff said they had met with her before this. They all said, don't do this. You can't do this. She said, I don't care. The attorney general came out against her. She said, I don't care. She's still moving forward with it. And then the Supreme Court of New Mexico came out and said, you can't do that. Can't do it. Yeah. But it was massive outroar. There was armed armed protests outside of uh, of Albuquerque, the government building. And we, we saw firsthand what people are willing to do. And I honestly, Mark, I think that this was a test. I think that this was the liberals testing to see how people would react if a governor actually did that. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I mean, I hadn't thought about it at that angle, but that makes a lot of sense. And um, I, I do think, you know, there are states out there, um, maybe let's say California, for example, uh, with, with, with Newsom out there, he would pull something like that and probably get good compliance on that. And he would probably, uh, I, I, it saddens me to say, being former law enforcement, he, he probably would get some uh, buy-in from some of those sheriffs out there too. Mm-hmm. Um, the sheriffs need to really begin to go back and reread the Constitution because that's what they're supposed to be honoring and protecting. And you can't protect the people, serve the people, until you understand the Constitution. And they should understand that they're the highest ranking law enforcement officer in that county, more powerful than the federal government. In other words, they can tell the feds to get out and stay out. That New Mexico situation, that governor could do whatever. But ultimately, if a county says, nope, doesn't work here, that governor could do nothing about it. Nothing about it. And that's the thing. We, we don't understand the uh, fullness of our rights that are not just the 10th Amendment, but 
the 27 amendment, all of them, we need to understand that the rights, especially the 10, are, are given to us by God Almighty. And it's not something that the Constitution just designed. No, it's it's God's order and command he gave us that just happens to be mimicked in that writing that we have there. And so we, we've got to have some real heartfelt conversations in this country again and mm-hmm. with people that are willing to step out there and 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 sort of like I like to say, hold the line. Absolutely. Um, I want to transition. I want to talk about health for a minute because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things happening right now in the world. There was the talk of lockdowns coming back down. I think that that was also just kind of an informational test of them putting Mm -hmm. that out there to kind of see how people would react to this. Uh, We have the new vaccines coming out, which you have Governor Hochul talking about the vaccines. Like your old one doesn't protect you exactly as we said. That was disinformation two years ago. Now that's truth. Um, What are your thoughts on a potential pandemic too? Well, viruses in general, and just less how they trend, they come out very virulent, very violent, very deadly. It's a general rule. And then as they sort of mutate over time, because they're not alive, they have to find a host in order to take control of. Now, having said that, a virus over time doesn't want to kill all the hosts because it won't have a chance of existing anymore. So the virus becomes more ubiquitous. In other words, it's all around and it becomes less virulent and more contagious. This is nothing at this point. It's nothing more than a common flu type of situation that's going to be here. It's always be here. It will be here the rest of our time and there will be more. But our bodies are very, very capable of adapting and building antibody resistance to that. Um, I do agree that this most recent soft push, I call it, was a test. But I already heard so much rumblings from the, uh, the people that were on the fence last time. They're not really on the fence anymore. They're like taking the mentality that I've seen. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And I'm not going to be fooled twice. And so they're <laughs> yeah. this way. And I think really that um, this time they're pushing for, you know, soft push for a, you know, mask and, and maybe some uh, distancing and booster shots. I don't think it's going to go over very well at all. Yeah, I, I agree that it's not going to go over very well. Now, one thing that I have stressed in, a, in a kind of the front end of my research the last six months was on Bill Gates's uh, genetically modified mosquitoes. Uh, this is a company called Oxitec, uh, former, the guy who was former World Health Organization, NIH, DARPA programs, worked with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, genetically modified um, these mosquitoes, but they did it in a very specific way. The first things that they started genetically modifying on them was the D7 protein in the mosquito saliva. Now, the interesting thing I was doing the research, the interesting thing about the D7 protein is if mosquitoes went around killing their host, kind of like the virus, it wouldn't make much sense, right? right? Like, so the mosquitoes must have something within their system that kills the viruses and the bacteria before it transmits because they wouldn't want to kill off their food. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's the D7 protein in the mosquito saliva. And what it actually does is when the mosquito bites you, the D7 protein goes in first and it neutralizes any virus or bacteria. Well, what happened is, is a few years back, Uh, These D7 proteins basically started inflaming the human body at the bite point. Vince actually had it. They call it Skeeter syndrome. It's where you get these big old welts that formulate on you. And you have this inflammatory reaction, which suppresses the immune system in that area, allowing 
for the viruses or bacteria to actually take a hold in your system because you're immunosuppressed in that area. And then traditionally what we've seen with these mosquito-borne illnesses is that it's people who are immunocompromised are the ones that get sick and spread it. Uh, Just recently in June, we had in um, Ecuador, we had an outbreak of dengue fever. And this was due to the mosquitoes, and it was about 300,000 people infected, over 400 dead. Now, the interesting thing is, is this was in a 100-mile radius of where they launched a billion mosquitoes in Colombia two and a half years ago. We just saw in Florida two and a half years ago, Key West is where they launched these mosquitoes. Two and a half years later, we get malaria just uh, in in Sarasota, and then we just recently had – one of the one of the other viruses, uh, Zika, I think it was, or one of them, that happened in Florida as well. This is not a coincidence. It's as if these mosquitoes are genetically modified to spread and transmit disease to immunocompromised people. Which brings me to the next part: If all these people got jabbed and are now immunocompromised, we know that another pandemic would easily wipe them out. But also, they know that the world would turn on them and take them out. So would they utilize some type of weaponized mosquito like this to produce more of a geocentric type of epidemic to go in there, produce a dengue where 200,000 immunocompromised people get sick, thousands die, and it goes away three years later, it does it again, and it happens all throughout the, the world like this? Would, would that make sense? Do you, do you think that this could be the next attempt on a bioweapon? Yeah, I think that makes uh, very plausible sense. And I'll, and I'll throw one more uh, uh, common sense thing that I've observed. I think that type of thought thinking process started about 50 years ago with the standard American diet, the food pyramid, these chemicals in our food. Everybody knows at this point that the health of America at this point in time is the worst by far it's ever been in the history of the world. Right now, we've got 70% of our population overweight or obese. You mentioned immunocompromised. We're at an immunocompromised high. Chronic systemic inflammation is driven by uh, morbid obesity. It's uh, overweight. And all these diseases we have today, you know, type 2 diabetes and autoimmune conditions, um, heart disease, uh, cancers, Alzheimer's, dementia, osteoporosis, all of these are driven by that same phenomenon of just not taking care of ourselves. And so it's been bled into our society and these globalists want to see our population shrink. And they don't believe that our, our world can hold over about a billion people. And some actually have said far, far less. We've got seven times that many right now. So they say openly and boldly that they want to see a die off of the older people. And they're also attacking it from the male seed. You know, the uh, estrogenic compounds they're putting in our food. If you don't have any male seeds, you ain't going to produce. They're attacking it from the bottom end, abortion on demand. So if you can squeeze that thing, squeeze play, I call it, you're going to squeeze out reproduction and you're going to squeeze in more death, thereby lowering the population. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a perfect strategy from an evil standpoint. Well, and, and also the the standard American diet, as well as just the Western diet, yeah. um, as well as the glyphosate within the aquifer mm-hmm. system on the you know you're putting it on your dandelions. That's going into the aquifer systems underneath the ground into the groundwater. Um, you have uh, all different types of chemical treatments throughout the country. Um, this has redu- reduced the male sperm count. Yep massively to where people like Elon Musk are yelling and screaming like, Hey, we're going to die off if we don't do something. 
Um, so I, I, we're putting a link out there right now, Sherwood.tv slash red pills. If anybody wants to check that out, this is Dr. Mark and Michelle Sherwood's site. Uh, Mark, tell us a little bit about what you guys are offering over there. Yeah. People, when they, they connect with us, you guys, they're going to get connected with some hope, man. We deal, we deal with uh, the four things people need to control sleep, stress management, nutrition, and movement or slash exercise. And then we also have a, a very good extensive uh, genetic panel. So you mentioned some of the inflammatory markers and detox markers. We look at the genes. We're all different in that. So to understand that is a, is a huge benefit. We do hormones and we also study what's called glycobiology. And what that is, is we really want to make sure our immune system is really functioning well because it's got these little sugars called glycans on it. And if the glycans are inflamed, they don't fight very well. And if they're actually youthful and resilient, they fight well. So we deal with all that stuff. And really, when people come see us and connect with us, um, we're all about sort of improving the resiliency and the quality of the biological aging process. Fantastic. Mark, I love you, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for your wisdom once again. Uh, we're going to have you. We'll have you back on relatively short. We'll, I'll talk to you and we'll get you scheduled again. Love talking to you, my friend. You have a great day, guys. Sherwood.tv slash red pill. Dr. Mark Sherwood. Take care, Mark. Take care. See you guys. See you, Mark. Thank you. All right. All right, guys. Let's get into the news because it's an interesting time to be alive right now. So I actually saw yeah. this on Newsmax, Vince, and this is kind of interesting. Zelensky to Trump. Can you please share that peace plan? Share so, the peace plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Ukraine President Zelensky called on former President Donald Trump to disclose his peace plan for ending the war with Russia instead of waiting for the outcome of the 2024 presidential election. Trump, the front runner of the Republican presidential nomination, has said he would he would be able to cut a fair deal with Zelensky and Russian President Putin within 24 hours to end the war. Zelensky cautioned, though, that Ukraine would not be willing to surrender territory to the quote unquote invaders. Trump can publicly share his idea, not waste time, not to lose people, and say, my formula is to stop the war and stop all this tragedy and stop Russian aggression. Uh, and so he said, uh, to see how it goes, Zelensky wants to hear Trump's plan. So I'm pretty sure Trump's going to say, oh, well, you know what? Why don't you meet with me? Why don't you come on over here and meet with me and we'll do a private meeting together and bring that server with you, Zelensky, because uh, you owe me that server. I still want to see that server. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wow. Which we know Trump's already got a copy of that uh, of that server, but you know it's interesting. Uh, there was uh, let, let me actually pull this up because this goes into the context of what we're talking about right now. So this was on Russia Times, and this is uh, an expose of the Seymour Hirsch article that has just released talking about the war in Ukraine. Check mm -hmm. this out. The American intelligence official I spoke with told me. The war is over. Russia has won. There is no Ukrainian offensive anymore, but the White House and the American media have to keep the lie going. The truth is, if the Ukrainian army is ordered to continue the offensive, the army would mutiny. The soldiers aren't willing to die anymore, but this doesn't fit the bullshit that is being authored by the Biden White House. 
Well, it's very so sobering if you're from the Ukrainian side because he's essentially saying that this war is now at a turning point and it is Russia that has won it. There is no chance for Ukraine. He talks about in the article there being a flurry of articles in the mainstream media in the West over the last two weeks talking about successes in the Ukrainian offensive. But he says, look, it's all lies. What we're talking about here is possibly in some areas gaining meters of ground, which is the space between you and I in an entire week. So small that you could barely even see this using satellite equipment. And he says when you talk about the issues in Ukraine, some 70,000 military personnel are said to have died on the Ukrainian side. This is coming from Western official sources. And in this entire article, he's quoting an unnamed source who's close to the current administration in the US, who has said that the Ukraine army is simply demoralized. There are significant elements in the American intelligence community relying on field reports and technical intelligence who believe that the demoralized Ukraine army has given up on the possibility of overcoming the heavily mined three-tier Russian defense lines. The reality is that Vladimir Zelensky's battered army no longer has any chance of a victory. And as you heard earlier, he said that there is even a chance from this unnamed source that there could be a mutiny in the Ukrainian army. I mean, Seymour Hersh has revealed these uh, similar information before, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He's talked a lot about uh, governments choosing their own narrative and wanting to spin that. In fact, he talked about this very specifically about the post 9-11 world in a recent article. Let's have a, a listen to what he said about that. One answer is that it is now an accepted reality that presidents in the post 9-11 era do not hesitate to manipulate and lie about even the most competent of intelligence reports if they do not fit into their political agenda. So what would be the political agenda? The reason why a $325 million uh, bill, uh, spending budget, was just given to Ukraine, um, they're looking at billions of dollars more. Zelensky asked for, what, $40 billion or $27 billion over the course of the next year. Um, we have some other funding coming in from other nations as well. Poland, though, has just recently pulled out and said, look, Ukraine, we're not helping you anymore. Right. This is a NATO nation. This was the proxy that the U.S. was utilizing to send aircraft and tanks. That is now shut off. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Vince? Um, <laughs> I think they're going to do everything they can to keep the war going. And it's probably going to be what they use to keep the economy afloat, too, and protect mm -hmm. the information that would come out if the war is completely lost. Meaning, I mean, completely lost. Not like lost like it is now, but I mean lost like... Uh, no more Ukraine, basically. Yeah. So here's where I'm going to jump in because I think that there's a larger agenda at play mm -hmm. right now. The reason why they're pumping so much money into Ukraine yeah. has nothing to do with the war effort. The reason why they're allowing Russia to come in and kill their people and demolish their cities. So Yulia Tomashenko, who is the political opposition leader against Zelensky, um, she has been persecuted. Her whole party has been annihilated. Um, all of her primary donors have been arrested and suicided. 
one of the things that happened from that was all their land was confiscated because they deemed these people to be traitors. And she came out a few months ago, was discussing, uh, Yulia Tomashenko was discussing how this is atrocious what the Ukrainian government is doing because they are putting this land up for auction. Mm -hmm. But they're not opening it up for the Ukrainian people. And the Ukrainian people don't have the money to go out there and bid on their own land. Instead, this land is being sold off to foreign and private interest. And this makes you begin to see something larger. Sustainable development goals, ongoing war in Ukraine to be the focus at the UN General Assembly. Global leaders will gather in New York City this week in the United States in hopes of getting the United Nations targets back on track to achieve a more prosperous and equitable world. The Sustainable Development Summit will be one of the headline events at the UN's General Assembly uh, for the international community. One of those is helping Ukraine rebuild in alignment with sustainable development goals. Now, to usher that in, the World Bank is offering over $40 billion mm. to Ukraine to rebuild and become one of these C40 cities, to become one of these 15-minute sustainable development United Nations World Economic Forum countries. Now, on top of that, BlackRock has got in there and amassed a, a massive a lot of land from these auctions. BlackRock has came in there and said that they are going to go in there and start rebuilding. Then the Clinton Global Initiative came in and said, we're going to go in there and we're going to help these people, humanitarian efforts, and start building. Now, interesting enough is when Zelensky first arrived in Washington, D.C., one of the points that he was going to talk to Joe Biden about was the hundreds of thousands of missing children from Ukraine that Russia, quote-unquote, took. Now, we know that Ukraine has been one of the forefronts of child sex trafficking for a very, very long time before Russia ever waged war with them. It's one of the things that Russia has actually accused them of doing and leading. And so when we see uh, hundreds of thousands of children displaced and now are missing, we can only assume to where they have gone and to what has happened to them. And they most likely were taken by these various different cartels, these criminal organizations that are operating in and out of Ukraine. But now when we see the Clinton Global Initiative going in there and saying, we're going to help them rebuild, we see BlackRock going in there, we're going to help them rebuild. And they're going to get a piece of this $40 billion pie given to the World Bank, which is yet U.S. taxpayer funded. But as well, the Ukrainian government will have to put up certain amounts of money for this infrastructure. So kind of how this works is the Ukrainian government gets money from the United States taxpayer, $325 million. They've gotten over $10 billion so far. This goes into the war effort. They make themselves big and fat, and they give it to various different non-government organizations, philanthropies, and these types of organizations to go out there and give aid to their people. When in actuality, what they're doing is selling out their own country to these NGO organizations, which are running their model, which is the same model that was just ran on Lahaina. Yeah, it's the same playbook that they do in our local communities here. Um, it reminds me exactly what they do with chemicals across our country when they put them in water systems under the guise mm -hmm. of mitigating certain um, algae and whatnot. They say, hey, the government will give you a grant if you put forward X amount of money and... Uh, you have to use this money for these conditions. And those conditions are put this chemical in your water or, you know, do this, do that. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And it's probably a big money laundering scheme as well. And there's going to be no accountability. 
but yeah, it's the global agenda. And it's kind of like a, um, in a way, it's kind of like the U.S. is going to control it completely. It's the same kind of policies we see locally just happening over in other countries with how yep. they influence things with their money. So, so to outline this for how the money flows for everybody yeah. out there, Joe Biden gives Ukraine billions of dollars. Ukraine takes that billions of dollars, floats it around in various distribution centers within Ukraine. They take out a $40 billion loan from the World Bank. The World Bank says, hey, you got to pay us back $1.2 billion, $1. billion at 3% or 4% interest for the next 100 years. The U.S. taxpayer dollars go in and start funding back to the World Bank all of that money. Now, where did the loan money from the World Bank go to? It went to the Clinton Global uh, Initiative. It went to BlackRock. It went to other corporations, you know, construction companies, so forth, to rebuild. That's how U.S. taxpayer dollar is funneled through countries like Ukraine, through the World Bank, to NGOs and distributed amongst all of these people's corporations and their cronies. And it's important to understand that that's exactly what's happening here. Now, is this going to happen? Listen, I, I don't think we're going to get rid of smart cities. They're coming. The question is, is are we going to have like a Trump-derived smart city to where this could potentially be something that is uh, American-made, is a massive mega city, highly technologically advanced, not a 15-minute smart city? Um or is this going to be the 15-minute micro smart cities? And listen, a lot of the ideas that they have for kind of sustainable development, th these are bad ideas, guys. I, I, I want to put that out there. A lot of this stuff is not bad ideas. The problem is, is that they're in control of them. And number two is that it becomes a limiting factor in a progression towards socialism and communism, as well as it becomes a massive control factor when you're condensing people into these small areas. Now, if cities were actually designed like this, I, I think it would be actually a smarter way of living. If you had your gardens on the top and people had garden domes outside of their buildings and, you know, hey, look, there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that is hurting all the people of the world into this, making nature off limits where you can't own a vehicle, you can't own a home, you can't own land, you can't leave that 15-minute city unless you're going to another 15-minute city, that you're displaced from the workforce, that your skill set is no longer valuable, you're getting a UBI and 90% of your UBI is being given to your living expenses, which are mediocre at best. That's the problem that we're seeing here, as well as the global nanny state, the digital police state, and the AI control system that comes about from this digital smart city integration. Those are the biggest problems that I see with them. Now, if we can overcome that, and I can still own land, and we can go out there and still have gas vehicles, and we can go out there and have single-family houses and, and live our life and go out there and have the same opportunities to, 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 to become wealthy and prosperous in life, Go on and have your 15-minute smart city. I don't give a shit. I'm going to be having fun with my friends that were all bought in land together. You know you know what it takes in the United States of America, the, the creative town, Vince? Uh, no. I don't know. 150 people. Okay. I think it's 150 acres and 150 people. And if you have 150 people on some acreage of land, you can start your own town. Your own bylaws. You can incorporate your town. All of that stuff. Guys, I'm telling you, let's go. Let's find a good state. Missouri's nice. Go start our own town. I need money. I dude. 
Yeah. Because I have to buy the land or a lot on a piece of land. I got to build a house. Well, some of that might be worked out in the future with what we're doing, what we're well, trying to do. Well, but imagine that if we had 250 acres. I mean, and we I went out probably, there and we. In a few years, five to 10 years, we could probably do that. I mean, five or 10 years, I don't think we have the chance. Well, I mean, I can't do it today. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying. So one one of the things that I'm noticing right now is we have interest rates that are going up. I'm telling you, they're never going to come down. Number two is housing prices are going down, but the value assessment from the counties are increasing massively, which means that the the taxes on your property taxes are rising massively. Mm -hmm. And what they're going to do is they're going to tax landowners and homeowners out of existence. That's exactly what they're going to do. I believe it. Yeah. Oh yeah, but we got to stop this this try. progression from happening. So yeah. yesterday, I was mentioning um, some odd occurrences between Justin Trudeau and Modi in oh, yeah. Canada. That's a good one. This is this gets odd. So today, I saw an article and I said, "Wait, what?" So breaking news, Sukadul Zin, alias Suka Denki, a man wanted by India, shot dead in Winnipeg, Canada. And I said, wait a minute here. This doesn't make any sense. So to break this down for people, there seems to be a massive political battle between Canada and India right now. Firstly, last week, Trudeau's plane breaks down in India and was delayed leaving. Immediately after when Trudeau lands in Canada, he issues a travel advisory to India due to terrorism. He um, Canada expels Indian diplomats. India then expels Canadian diplomats. India rejected Trudeau, a presidential suite at the G20 meeting last week. Okay. Uh, Trudeau blamed India for the death of a Sikh activist. So this was uh, a few weeks ago that a Sikh activist by the name of, I got to get his name here, Hardeep Singh Najjar, 45-year-old Sikh leader, was killed by a mass gunman in June in Surrey outside of Vancouver. So this is two Indian Sikhs that were just killed within a two-week period. Trudeau is blaming Indian intelligence, foreign intelligence agency, for operating in Canada illegally and killing Canadian citizens because both of these men are Canadian citizens. Both of these men, by the way, are on India's um, radar um, Mm -hmm. as terrorists and have been banned. So India has issued a travel advisory to Canada about terrorist events. Three days later, this other guy was just killed. Now, why is this important? So a lot of this comes about because of uh, the Sikh movement. Now, I did not know about a lot of this stuff until just recently. So one thing that we have here is something called the... So the the guy that was just killed today, he was what's known as a Castellani terrorist. This is what they called them. Now, the Sikh that was killed a few weeks ago, guess what? was a promoter of the KTF, the Khalistan Tiger Force, a militant outfit of the Khalistan movement. Um, So this is a terrorist organization by the Indian government. Now, Hardeep Singh Najjar was the alleged chief of the KTF. He was the one that was shot dead. This other guy that was shot dead today, it hasn't come out yet, but we're seeing that he has direct um, connection to 
this this movement. So it seems that Indian intelligence agencies are taking out these high-ranking Sikh um, Khalistani extremists in Canada, and Trudeau has a big problem with that. I'm going to get to why Trudeau might have a big problem with that in a minute. But the Khalistan Hmm. movement is a separatist movement seeking a homestead for Sikhs by establishing an uh, ethno-religious sovereign state called Khalistan. Um, in the Punjab region in India. The proposed boundaries of Khalistan would vary between different groups. Some suggest the entirety of the Sikh-majority Indian state of Punjab, while larger claims include um, Pakistan, uh, Pakistani Punjab and other parts of North in India. Um, if you don't know, Sikhs are an ethno-religious group who adhere to the Sikhi or Sikhism, the Dharmic religion that oriented in the late 15th century in the Punjab region and Indian subcontinent. Um, and they make up a majority of the Indian military, which is really interesting. So in the Sikh state began in the 1930 when British rule in India nearing its end, 1940s, they called themselves Khalistan. Uh, in the 1980s, they rose up to power. So it was two Sikhs that were the bodyguards of Indira um, Gandhi who assassinated her, if we remember this correctly. Um, And this is kind of where the sour taste has been in the mouth for a long time between the Indian government and Punjab. Now, the Punjab movement that produced um, uh, Khalistan has happened again. It started back up. Now, the second largest Sikh population in the world is guess where? Canada. Canada. Exactly. It's in Canada. Now, what's interesting is my theory is... Mm-hmm. And we know how these guys work. So we have BRICS nations and we mm-hmm. have Western nations. We have mm-hmm. proxy wars all over the place. Now, India is a massive country, but also a massive military force that hasn't been in war for a very, very long time, as mm-hmm. well as most likely an ally towards the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, China, BRICS, Russia, the BRICS nation. So one thing that you'd want to do um, through proxy is destabilize the Indian government as well as the Indian military, weaken them in some way, shape, or form. And since Canada has one of the largest Sikh populations in the world, you have this KJP affiliation group group basically growing within Canada legally, which is basically promulgating various terrorist activity and the Khalistani state in India, which means that it could actually disrupt the political and the militaristic power of the Indian government. And this is why they deem them terrorist organizations. So if Canada is funding and housing this in any way, shape or form, this becomes a problem for India. So this is where this political divide between India and Canada and Trudeau are coming in. Now, the fact that Trudeau is saying, hey, India, you know, you guys are guilty of murder. That's a serious allegation, which tells me that most likely the Canadian military, Canadian intelligence agencies are involved in some way, shape or form with this infiltration of this movement and the destabilization of the Indian government. Now I'm going to put this out there because I don't want to say this. Yeah. But I think that you could see some type of rise in tension and even potential action between Canada and India. Yeah. So would that mean that India has actually taken action against these potential terrorist organizations and terroristic individuals in Canada and Canada. Well, that's what they're doing. Right. India is sending their intelligence agents to Canada to kill these people. Yeah. So uh, 
I guess and nobody's kinda, putting it together. That's wild. I'm, I think I'm the only one who's mentioned any of this. Hey, that's okay. That's something. That is something. I mean, hey, I'm fir- first to the egg. First to the egg. Hey, guys, as a reminder, tonight we have the After Dark Q&A. Uh, the Zoom starts immediately after this show. Um, I will be on in about 15 to 20 minutes after the show. I got to go stretch my neck. I got a, a kink in it and pinched nerve right now. But uh, we have, um, we're, we're going to talk, we can talk about really anything you guys want, but it's a Zoom. If you go to socialredpill.com, socialredpill.com, you can subscribe yes. there and then you can get in on that Zoom. If you need the link and cannot locate it through the directions, just send myself a message or post it in the feed. You just go to the groups, you go to your, your subscription group and in the featured section is that. If you don't know how to do that, go to the home tab and the home tab, you can post a, a feed. And I will see that. I'm always looking. So go to socialredpill.com if you want to take part in that Q&A. Don't worry. The Zoom will not be a shit show tonight. I will be there. Big Daddy Red Pill will be in there. So I promise you no no mama drama tonight. All right. Jumping into this. So so the Pentagon has came out and exempt Ukraine operations from potential shutdown if lawmakers can't agree to a deal by the end of the month. Un-freaking-believable. You're muted. Well, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, this is unbelievable. So, the Ukrainian military gets top priority over Social Security recipients, over yeah. uh, military, our own military receiving pay. Wow, it's basically just unbelievable. It's basically we're Ukraine now. Yeah, or yeah. our government is Ukraine, and we are nothing. We are just. Fire on our own. Good luck. So the Fed uh, announced yesterday that the rates are going to stay stable, that they weren't going to raise them. This is a bad yeah. move. They need to raise them as fast as possible. They need to raise them about 10 more basis points. They actually start curving and bringing down inflation. But instead, oh. what happened today is you're getting a discount on gold. Gold slipped right. today. Silver slipped a little bit. I'm telling you, if you want to get into your portfolio, getgoldtoday.com. Getgoldtoday. Com. Get a hold of Dr. Kirk Elliott and his team. Get your IRAs transferred over. Get your 401ks transferred over in the gold and silver. Um, it's slipping. It's going on a discount. Get it in your portfolio. Um, so we talked about Zelensky and Biden. Uh, this was kind of interesting. I, I saw this video on TikTok and I did a little bit of research oh, yeah. on it. And I I started realizing that there is something more going on here. I'm digging on this currently, um, but I will share this video with everybody because I think that this is something of concern. Really weird is going on with the $600 million that went out for free testing. I started this video with the idea of better things to do with $600 million, like helping homeless Americans rebuild all the homes lost in Hawaii. You could feed kids for 21 days in elementary schools, or you could replace 6.6 million barrels of oil for the strategic reserve. And when I saw this article about the $600 million being awarded, my typical and probably your reaction as well, oh, here goes Moderna and Pfizer making a fortune again. No. Here's where it got weird. I started looking at all the companies that were awarded, digging into them, and it was weird because none of them made any sense. I had never heard of many of them. Most of these company websites don't show their leadership team. You have to search for it. 
Most websites you see the CEO or executive team leadership. I had to go to LinkedIn, the founder of Cordiac. And not to profile, that's not my intention by any means, but there was another common trend. This is a screenshot of my camera roll as I was researching or trying to figure out who the founders or CEOs of all these companies were. What do you notice? Asian, 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 and they're all, many of them are anonymous profiles. About half of these websites were awful. Quell was probably the worst. Websites reminded me of what would happen in the crypto space for pump and dump. For example, Quell Laboratories just got awarded 31 million, but when you come over to their website, there's not even a clickable link. That's, his, that's it. There's the CEO. Doesn't this remind you of the NFT scams that occurred? Maybe I'm overthinking it and there's nothing here, but it smells really fishy because... He, he's, he's absolutely right. So this is really, really interesting because this was the $600 million dollars that was given for quick action, fast action testing development for COVID testing for zootic virus testing. If we go back into my research a few years ago, we have the um, Bill Gates and George Soros collaborum that came about to purchase MoLogic, which that was MoLogic's primary patent. If we go to the illegal Chinese laboratory operating in Redding, California, what were they basically developing? COVID-19 testing strips. Now we see that a lot of these companies are owned by Asians. Well, they're Korean, they're Japanese, and they're Chinese. Okay. It's not, there's not, I, I think the Asian thing is not necessarily a coincidence, but it's a, it, it's a arrow pointing in a direction. The reason being is because the United States companies are shell companies. Uh-huh. Okay. So how this works is that companies overseas will go out there and they'll create shell companies in the United States of America and they'll create them from the ground up. They'll give them one product. They'll launch that product. They'll get revenue in and then they'll file for government grants because it's not attached to the primary company, which might have, you know, uh, uh, lawsuits or government restrictions because of the work they do or associated with other government contracts um, or right. development of bio and chemical biological weapons or whatever it might be. Or affiliated with terrorist organizations. Gosh. So what we're seeing here is that usually these contracts would go towards American companies. These are not American companies. These are basically overseas shell companies operating in the United States of America that just got $600 million in funding. So that's why I said I'm going to look into this more because there's something here specifically. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure once I jump into those companies specifically, yeah, we'll find out. Oh my gosh, dude. I think this is spot on. <sighs> yep. So much money laundered dur during this scheme. Now, you know, Jim Price and I were talking about, I think you and I were actually talking about this last night too, about the food, about how they're putting fake meat in food, right? It's going to be the day. Like, remember when I was telling you they put mealworm and insects in the food? They do. Well, look at this. I'm, I'm the How is the meat melted? Like the meat is melted. Uh, Look at that. Your McDonald's burgers are fake, people. It's lab meat. It's a mixture of mealworms, insects, and a little bit of horse meat. Is it? Newsflash, this meat is that lab meat that you now, oh. by the way, 
What did Wendy's and McDonald's both do the other day? These are the burgers that came oh, from that. One penny burgers for you and your family. Come and get them, everybody. Wendy's and McDonald's. Here's your one penny burgers right here. It's roll it the fuck out. This is not real meat. That is not real meat. It don't smell like real meat. It don't look like real meat. It's melting on the fucking side. How many people are going to have a zombie virus in the next few weeks after that thing intubates? Ah, I mean, at the very least, probably just cancers and compromised immune systems and other various diseases. Dude, what? I'm telling you, there's something up with this. They it's- they come out and they offer penny and quarter burgers at Wendy's and McDonald's, the two biggest burger producers in the country. And people are putting out videos where this doesn't look like meat. There's something wrong here. Dude, this is making me sick. This is. This is bio-warfare on the human people, buddy. (sighs) Don't eat it, folks. Don't Don't eat it, folks. fast food. Hey, uh, U.S. Senator Bob Menendez, a uh, Democrat, has accepted bribes in gold bars worth up to $400,000 in exchange for help in a criminal case, according to federal prosecutors. And why hasn't he resigned and stepped down from all of his positions? I guess, you know, people are okay with breaking the laws now, I guess. Well, I guess when it's the end of times and you know that what's happening in the world, you won't really care. (laughs) Project Veritas has ceased operations, laying off all of its remaining journalists. Good job. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to destroy James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, so they got rid of it. That was their purpose. But James O'Keefe didn't care. He just went and did it again. He had see. This is the thing: is they underestimate the power and the reach of the influencer. I'm telling you, they underestimate this. Yeah, that's why I never give up. Yep. Uh, millions are demanding that Bill Gates is arrested for crimes against humanity after COVID profiteering has been exposed, and we all know how this operates. Bill Gates was funding the research into zoonotic viruses well before COVID ever hit. Now that the fact that this was a lab created virus from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, of which Bill Gates gave plenty of money to, as well as the National Institutes of Health and the World Health Organization, we can see that he had to have most likely known that this lab virus was going to be projected on humanity. This is why he made strategic buys and investments into COVID testing strips, the various different tests, as well as mRNA vaccines. Man. Hit him. Yep, Trump has uh, vowed to invoke a wartime law to deport uh, suspected foreign gang members and drug dealers. Good for him. I'm glad that he's actually going to do that. He's been attracting more black and Hispanic voters in the polls. I've been watching all these TikToks of people going into the inner cities and the ghettos and asking who they're voting for. And they're like, Trump, Trump. Everybody's saying Trump. Going into Democrat-led cities and they're saying Trump. Oh, yeah, it's happening. But, you know, that's why they're having so many illegals come over. Every illegal that crosses, it takes away one other voter from Trump. So uh, Governor Abbott has uh, sent troops to the border to repel the invasion. Remember the last time they did this a few months ago and they're Mm -hmm. handing out water and giving them blankets? Yeah, and I've seen videos. They open up the gates and then close them and help them come through. And 
I hope Abbott does the right thing. I hope the sheriffs in those counties do the right thing. They start deputizing people. Um, I'll gladly volunteer. I'll take a month off. I will come down there. If you're a sheriff in Texas, you want to deputize me. You want to ask a few hundred people from this uh, from this audience to come out there. We will gladly come out there and help out. Absolutely. I'll be there in a heartbeat. The teens um, in the Las Vegas hit and run. Did you see this where they where they smacked one car and then they hit the guy on the bike and he died. They're going to be charged as adults in the killing of the retired police chief. Yeah. Good. But if it was some Joe Schmo, I wonder if it would be the same thing, right? I don't know, but that was such a sickening situation. It was Oh, that video. It's nightmare fuel. It absolutely was. Uh, And and you know what? Exactly. Melissa, Texas needs to, to muster up its militias. Let's go, people. Let's go protect our border. Stop bitching about it. Alex Jones, why aren't you? And I like Alex. Alex Jones, why don't you say, hey, look, we need the great Texas militia. We got all these InfoWar listeners out there. Let's all collaborate in Austin. Let's see how many people we can get. Let's get armed. Let's go down to the border and let's support these uh, these sheriffs and see if the sheriffs will deputize them. That'd be great because you'd have a you'd have probably a, tens of thousands of people show up. Probably. Oh, yeah. Nope. Oh, yeah. So uh, war drums, Chinese vessels have been seen moving toward the Pacific Ocean following U.S. drills in the area. As well, Chinese vessels have been encroaching on Taiwanese airspace and sea space the last uh, two weeks. China is getting towards this point of economic collapse, very similar to the United States. It's kind of like daddy stalemate to where if one goes, the other goes. So they're propping each other up. But if this does have a catalyst event that makes this happen, you will see China invade Taiwan almost immediately because the control Mm -hmm. of Taiwan becomes critical in a collapsing and failing global economic system. Uh, Armenia has prepared to receive over 40,000 uh, families from Karabakh. Now, this is also this is interesting because Armenia and Azerbaijan are in a kind of a semi war. Russia is behind Azerbaijan. We have Turkey with Azerbaijan. We have uh, mm-hmm. Iran over there as well. So we have this conflict that's ongoing. Basically, another West versus BRICS proxy war that is happening. So we're going to keep you updated on that as things come about. We haven't heard much on Niger and Nigeria and France and what's going on there. Uh, Basically, it just was completely removed. After the blackout in Nigeria, when France was amassing troops on the border, and then they had a complete blackout, I think that that was Russia or China who did that. But we haven't heard anything since since that time. Um, Yeah. I wonder what's happened. I don't know if anybody has any updates on that, though. I'd love to see it. Uh, Soros Foundation has bought up 23 newspapers in the state of Maine. Interesting. Desperate. I wonder why they're doing that. People don't read newspapers anymore, do they? I guess it's they need to get all the fake info they can out there. Uh, we have this article. It was interesting. We talked about this yesterday. Biden's climate corpse will hire a diverse generation of 20,000 Americans to tackle climate change. No work experience required. This is mobilizing the youth of the United States of America. The American Climate Corps is a new initiative that will work on a wide range of projects to tackle climate change, including restoring coastal wetlands to protect communities from storm surges, flooding, deploying clean energy, managing forests to improve health and prevent catastrophic wildfires, implementing energy efficient solutions to cut energy bills of hard American and working families. So how does this work? 
I'm telling you exactly how this is going to work. They're going to give them uniforms. They're going to give them little armbands. They're going to go door to door and they're going to ask to do an energy audit. They're going to ask to do a climate change audit. And uh, they're going to ask to do these audits. They're going to report you to federal authorities. Federal authorities are going to come in there. They're going to increase your tax rate because of those audits. They're going to be walking around the streets. Hey, you can't smoke that cigarette there. That is against the climate protocols that we've established. I'm writing you a ticket. That's it's happening in the UK already. I'm telling you, this is going to be the Nazi green shirts. People. This is going to be the Nazi green shirts, brown shirts. Yeah. Or well, no, green shirts. What? Oh, green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know the brown shirts. Green shirts. Because it's the a green, green new shirt. New deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny, but yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Yeah, apparently the newest vaccine campaign is not going too smoothly. Um, they can't get any support from anybody to get the new vaccine. Nobody wants it. Nobody's dealing with it. Apparently, all the conspiracy theorists who are right all these years, people are starting to listen to them. Um, and we're seeing a complete shift. Even in the liberals, like, I'm not taking that shit. They so want money. It, well, they can, they can have all the money they want, but people no. are... I mean, they want to charge people for the jab. Oh, yeah. No, no. And the government's going to come out and say free jabs. And people are going to say, we don't want it. No, they're saying you have to pay for it now. I understand that. But most people's health insurance will pay for that. And what it's going to lead to is the government's going to eventually step in and say free jabs for everybody. And people still are not going to get jabbed because people don't want it because they understand exactly what it is. Most of these Mm -hmm. people have had skin conditions. They've had immunological conditions. They've had heart problems. Or they've died. Listen, I don't have a very big family, okay? So probably in my in my family between my brothers and my brother-in-laws and my sister-in-laws, okay? Yeah. Uh, family that I talk to, um, <laughs> less than 30 people, okay? Total. Less right. than 30 people total. Okay. Out of those 30 people, I know of two or three, three, four, five about five of them that were vaccinated. Okay. So out of the five that were vaccinated, one's dead, 34 years of age, stroke, and then heart attack. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. And the other one is having severe immunological conditions, immunosuppression, and these types of problems. That's two out of five. Trust me. People know the truth and are not going to screw around with another jab. Absolutely not. So this was quite interesting. I saw this yesterday and I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't really bring it up uh, just because it wasn't the, the right time or place to bring it up. Um, it was a comment that I made and I actually got into an argument um, with somebody on this. And the argument is pertaining to consensus science. And now I shared the links of Neil deGrasse Tyson and everybody else pertaining to consensus science. But the article itself was rather interesting to me because let me let me find see if I can find it. I talk about Michael Shermer all the time. I, I would love to interview Michael Shermer and have a discussion with him. Um, and if you don't know Michael Shermer, he's of Skeptics Magazine. So the 
the, the founder of Skeptics Magazine, the editor of it. Um, he is a complete liberal, which is nothing wrong with that. He's a scientist. He's the guy on the Joe Rogan uh, podcast. It's always debating conspiracy theorists and Egypt is, uh, was built 3000 years ago, that type of stuff. But he has also came out against transgenderism Mm -hmm. and he's basically really trying to fight that hard, which I, I appraise him for this. Um, but he came out yesterday with this post on Twitter and he says, buckle up. We might be on the verge of a major revolution in cosmology. We might be at the point where we need a radical departure from the standard model of cosmology. One that may even require us to change how we think of the elemental components of the universe. That's quantum physics, possibly even the nature of space and time. And this was a, a New York, times op-ed that he was referring to and this was quotes from it and this is pertaining to a lot of what's coming from the james webb telescope now if you don't know about the james webb telescope this thing is highly advanced probably the the most advanced telescope object that we piece of technology that we've ever put in to the sky and the information that it's bringing back to us is revolutionary. I mean, it can, it's basically what it's already done right now is it's challenged how the universe evolves, how stars and uh, planetary formation happens, how galactic formation happens, what's actually dark matter and dark energy, which is basically the space in between galaxies and the space in between space, uh, what that actually potentially could be. The age of the universe has now moved from 16 billion years to they don't fucking know quite literally what they propose now is that when you're when they're seeing the 16 billion year edge of the galaxy and they're seeing these small little galaxies so the way they look at that is they see what they watch star and galaxy formation and so galaxies become more and more complex as they evolve and grow older so towards us and the older part of the universe you're going to have more complex and structured and larger galaxies where the beginning of the universe when you're looking back is they're looking at the speed of light, so they're looking 16 billion years. You should see less complex galaxies and much, much smaller. But they didn't. They looked back and they saw galaxies that were massive, 10 times bigger than our galaxy, and it made no sense. And there are way more stars in them than they expected. So one of the theories is that when we're looking 16 billion years out and yeah. we're seeing the edge of what we know of the known galaxy, we're not actually looking at the galaxy. We're looking at the galaxies or we're looking at the universe's horizon as in the universe might be curved and that what we're seeing with the red shift and the blue shift of the Doppler shift that actually occurs with light and stuff moving away, that it's not an expanding universe. It's a flowing universe like a toroid. Donut universe theory. Oh dude, it's, it's getting hot. So (laughs) Michael Shermer coming out and saying this was pretty interesting. And I went and posted on it. I said, I thought this was a consensus science that they already voted on which model is the truth. (laughs) And uh, someone replied to me, and he says, science isn't based on consensus. It's based on the latest and best available data. And when data changes, um, the science, our science, um, so does our understanding. And then I said, so how do you, they decide what is the latest and best available data? And he replies back to me and says, the latest is the latest. It's the best peer-reviewed and checked. It's called the scientific method. I said, the scientific method has nothing to do with peer review. 
The scientific method has to do with empirical evidence derived from observation and experimentation that's consistent with its results. Nowhere in there does it say someone has to approve those results for it to be accepted into the mainstream. And then I go on to Neil deGrasse Tyson talking to Del Bigtree about consensus. It's consensus science. The scientists agreed. The scientists have agreed that climate change is happening. The scientists have agreed that the vaccine is good for you and will stop COVID. Yeah, Remember hearing like this? The, the biggest science loser out there. Him That's and right. Bill Nye. And I said, what about the conducted research of our cardiologists, immunologists, and peer-reviewed research that shows conclusively that the vaccine does more harm than good? Everybody ignored that, but they accepted the consensus science of climate change and all these other things. And so I basically go into a diatribe, but either way, we're seeing potentially a transitional shift within the perspective of science towards a more harmonic frequency, vibrational, M uh, superstructured M theory, string theory styled universe, which could be really, really interesting to where we start getting into new levels of technology that can potentially be developed out of that. And that's where I get really, really excited. Ooh, okay. Yeah, guys. Hey, we're going to go to um, after dark Q and a here in about, it starts in about 10 minutes. You guys are welcome to join right now. Um, I will be over there in just a little bit. Um, don't same, forget same. tomorrow. We have conversations on the fringe uh, guest and show topic to, to be determined. Um, I had a potential guest, but he uh, did not confirm. So I'm waiting for a reply back on that. Um, but don't worry. We are definitely have a show tomorrow night. Yeah, and um, we're going to release the scratching and stuff tonight. Oh, geez. You, you, you nailed it, Vince. You nailed it. We got the double scratching tonight. Scratching has been released. Let's go to the D live. And I'm going to give a shout out to everybody who's donated here in a second. Much appreciated for everybody. Uh, you guys are absolutely awesome. And I'm distributing awards there at D Live. Appreciate you guys. Chest has been released. There Great you guys go. Zeus. Space isn't flat. <laughs> uh, X Grits X celebrating a one month sub streak. Get her done. Donated five lemons. Love the beach. Two ice cream. Thank you so much. X Grits X. Get her done and love the beach. RPG 3573. Three ice cream. Shannon 1313. 10 lemon. Grandma five revolt. Four lemons. Thank you so much. RPG Shannon and Grandma five revolt. Charlie 25. One diamond. Princess little eight. Three ice cream. Marilou five lemon. Thank you so much. Charlie Princess little eight. And Mary Lou. Uh, we have, oh, by the way, if you guys wanted to visit Mark Sherwood, that link is sherwood.tv slash redpill. Sherwood.tv slash redpill. Uh, we have Slum Dog gifted the shades. Thank you so much, Slum Dog. Castle Drummer gifted a can. Thank you so much, Castle Drummer. Yay, two lemon. Jennifer 2000 just bought a bronze tier subscription. Thank you so much, Jennifer 2000. Much appreciated for that. Thank you so much, Castle Drummer. Yay, and Jennifer 2000. Vader369 gifted some shades. Thank you so much, Vader369. Cat24 donated two lemons. RPG3573, three ice cream. Thank you so much, Vader369. Cat24 and RPG3573. Thank you guys all for being here tonight. Much appreciated. I hope you guys have a great evening. We'll see some of you guys on the After Dark Q&A, everybody else. By the way, if you did subscribe to DLive, Pilled, if you are a subscriber, a monthly subscriber, Rumble, uh, Jennifer2000, uh, Jennifer you bought the Bronze Tier subscription. Come on over to Social Red Pill, create a free profile, and I will upgrade you, get you the Zoom info and everything like that. Because everybody who has a subscription outside are welcome on the Social Red Pill to the Zoom. So much appreciated, guys. All have a great night. Take care. See you guys next time. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, 
or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me iPatch McCain. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's, a, it's collusive. It's, uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.